Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Benched with Bubba, I want to talk to you about Rotoballer.com, proud sponsor of the show. Do my written content over at Rotoballer.com, and this is a podcast that's a part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. So I want to let you know that uh, football season quickly approaching with you guys. Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season long in DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit include rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off any premium pass. Use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A, for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com backslash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. everybody to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 100 of Bubba and the Bat Flip. So quite the quite the night we have here. Um, it's going to be a fun one. We'll continue our recapping our uh, FPAS draft and hold draft, starting with round seven. See how far it takes us in our open discussions like last week. It kind of was uh, kind of by the seat of our pants, but worked out pretty well. So we're going to keep going with that route and see where it goes. You can check me out on Twitter at BDintrick and my co-host as always for all 100 episodes on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Toby, how we doing, man? Wow, Bob, I totally forgot it was episode 100. So such is life in the the off season, right? You just, <laughs> there's these huge milestones. Just, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. I, I also want to say that every single time you say, welcome everybody, I want to say like, welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to do the, the Tupac. Uh, thing, that's a touchable um, like Elliot. That's no. There you <laughs> go. There you that's go. One of my, that's one of my. Come here songs. for the fantasy football talk. Stay fantasy for baseball the, talk. Baseball. Me, baseball. Us rhyming. Yeah. No. Everybody makes fun of me because, uh, especially when I worked out during college, I worked in a uh, cornfields uh, for a research company for drought tolerant corn. And oh, wow. col- college kids, they they made you do the hard work because it's, I don't know if anybody's been in a cornfield, but when it's a hundred something degrees and they're watering, it's humid inside those fields. So like oh, I lost man. a lot of weight that summer. And um, they had us out there doing those trials. And that's when the old school iPods, like I found it the other day, the old school, big iPods. Yeah, 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 those were new. So I had one of those like back pocket. And that was like when 50 Cent was big. I had them. I had like all these guys on there and all the the, the Hispanic field workers would look at me and just be laughing the entire time. Because I would be I, I thought I'd be by myself out there and they, I'd be like rapping out loud and they'd be making fun of me going, the big uh... white guy over here. And so, yeah, 
at uh, that's where it all started. So now karaoke, they expect me to do stuff. It's it's entertaining. Nice. It's fun, fun stuff. Well, once a podcast, you're going to get a Bubba karaoke um, for sure. You yeah, guys choose as, the song as long as we do karaoke because it, it won't be pretty, but it'll be better than any. Um, I found out doing uh, with another show I do with, with uh, Scott Bogman that. Um, I can't do uh, voices very well. Like nationalities, like I can't do like an Irish accent, a British accent. Um, I am horrible. Like in my head, they sound beautiful. Apparently, out loud, not at all. So well, I'm sure they're beautiful one way or the in, other. You know, everything as long as it's beautiful to me, right? Isn't that what they say? So for sure, that's all that matters. But, Isn't that uh, what Bubba and the Bathflip is all about? I mean, just about <laughs> embracing the you. They're beautiful. Yes, exactly. Everything that's beautiful is uh, is what Bubba and the Bathflip is all about. But uh, what is beautiful is we left off in round six and recapping things for the listeners, I guess we could say um, it was we, pitching was a little crazy. Relief pitching was very crazy. Um, steals were going pretty, pretty popular, I guess you could say. Was there anything else we should recap real briefly before we get kicking on the, the next part of the draft? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot in the last show, but... I think those yeah. are the kind of the major the major points. If you're just hopping in in the middle of the draft, I suggest you go back to episode 99 mm-hmm. and listen to that and then hop in with us here in 100 cuz really it was quite a fun show I felt like 99 last time just getting the juices flowing in the draft season, you know, is yeah. always as always nice. So yeah, there's really no set to what we're doing here. It's just kind of we're going to go through the draft, talk about our picks, talk about some picks that stood out, talk about picks we might be able to read on the draft board because I, I can't wait till sometime <laughs> in November when we actually get to look at it on a computer and we can actually see what's going on because it's not the easiest thing. So bear with us, people. Like Toby, he quote tweeted my tweet of the picture. That's what we're using. And as you guys can see what we see, it's not great. But uh, that that's what we were dealt, the hand we were dealt. So starting off round seven in this draft with uh, Rogers Buxton, uh, Melanson, we get more closers starting to fly off the board here. Um, I can't read that one. Conforto. That was that's Conforto. No, that's not Conforto, is it? It's no, it's a, it's a gray color. It's a catcher. Contreras. Contreras. Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I, I, only because it was gray, I could figure that out. Oh man, this uh, is a Trent, fun game. Yeah, Trent Grisham cannot figure out the next one. Um, uh, Tommy Edmond, I think. Tommy Edmond. There you go. Tyler Molly, uh, Ian Anderson, and then I took as my third pitcher in round seven my sp3 i rolled the dice on you darvish and at that point in the draft i probably okay part of me almost went blake snell but for the bubba brand i would have been just lambasted all over the place for doing that so i went darvish for two reasons we documented it and talked about it many times how bad that second half was but could it have been a sticky thing which i think a full off season he could fix wasn't an injury thing he was banged up a bit one thing that was for certain, strikeouts were still always there. And one thing, if people do listen to episode 99, remember me talking about innings and strikeouts. He still did very well in both those categories all season, even when things were bad. He was getting strikeouts. So that's where I went with you, Darvish, thinking this is a guy that was going in rounds one or two last year. He felt around seven. He's my SP3. It goes back to kind of the discussion I had last year with Herman Marquez. I don't have to use him every week if I don't want to. You build your rotation. He's not technically one of your aces. He's like, if he turns out to be great and become an ace, that's outstanding. But right now, he's my SP3. As we keep going through here, I I backed it up with a couple more pitchers where I really don't need to start Darvish every week if I don't want to. I would love to have that. To have to. That'd be great. But I don't have to. So he's my SP3. We'll see. It could be like a complete wasted pick. It could be finding lightning in a bottle. 
we'll see what they do in San Diego there with him, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah. I mean, I really like it as a high, it's a super high upside pick. I mean, you know, like this is the one of those picks where you make it and there's either like two ways that it goes, right. It either goes the way like, wow, I cannot believe you got Darvish in the seventh round. He totally bounces back. I mean, not to the level where he was at in, you know, 20 uh, in the shortened season. And even the, the season before that with the Cubs, I feel like that was maybe a little bit above maybe, you know, I don't necessarily know if he's a first round pitcher per se, yeah. but second, third round pitcher. I mean, he could certainly do that. And if you look over his last, I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but if you look at, you know, the stickiest number, the the best number, I don't know about the stickiest, but like the best number really to, to grade a pitcher at, like the one stat is K minus walk rate. And he over his last 10 games, well. yep. when he really struggled, he had a 30% K rate and a 7.8% walk rate. So he had a 22.2% K minus walk rate, which is absolutely elite over those last 10 games. And what happened to him was if you take a look at his BABIP and you take a look at his home run per fly ball, yep. the BABIP, uh, actually the BABIP wasn't that bad. It must've been the, the home fly run ball. per fly ball. Yeah. Yep. So it was over 20%, 22% over those last 10 games. So that, that was the major issue for him. And I don't know if that's going to, he's a smart guy. I'm sure he'll figure something out. Like you said, he was battling health concern. He was batting health issues throughout the second half. He just didn't necessarily look right, and he really couldn't seem to fix it. So I think it's a great pick where you got him. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you. But yeah, the the big thing you mentioned the K to walk percentage, like the full season, the ten games. That's one thing I mentioned. Like when I was, I think he finished the season. He's one of the few that finished the entire season with a twenty percent. So uh, in the twenty percent or higher. So I, I at worst. He's going to get your strikeouts. He's going to get the Rockies. He's going to get the Diamondbacks. He's going to get some bad. It's like, okay, I don't start him against the Dodgers. Okay, you don't you don't start a lot of guys against the Dodgers. That's just the way it's going to go. But you get those other matchups and everything, and you can you can piece it together. So that's my philosophy on that as my SP three. Uh, after I took Darvish, where did I go? Um, we went uh, Jonathan India, and then you grabbed uh, a closer and Will Smith. I did my second closer. Can you believe that, Bubba? What am I thinking? Uh, I just want to comment. I really like the Jonathan India pick as well. I mean, it's earlier, I think, than um, and Bubba, you're frozen. Just so you're, I don't know if you can. Um, Bubba's just frozen, guys. So I'm just going to try to roll with this. I like the Jonathan India pick a lot. Uh, Simeone, yeah, I uh, drafted zero. India. You guys just kept saying, oh, "We're good." Oh. We're good. I can hear you. We're good. We're caught up. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Great. Um, India. Yeah. I mean, I just really like a lot what he did. Um, you know, he brings the power speed combo, 21 home runs, 12 stolen bases. He got better. It seemed like as the season progressed, you know, once they put him in the leadoff role, which I'm assuming he'll maintain, he was just, uh, absolutely lights out. So I really like that pick a lot. It's going to be interesting to see where he falls in drafts. I was hoping to get him coming around the next, uh, the next time. Um, but you know, clearly that, that did not work at all. I'm just pulling up his rolling average. Yeah. So for India, you know, his contact surge, he had a 92% in zone contact rate over his last 40 games. So he was seeing, seeing the ball really well, making a ton of contact. The hard hit rate's not great. The ground ball rate was also down. His O swing is solid. 
you know, he's got all the skills. He's got everything he needs. Obviously you worry about like the quote unquote sophomore slump, but I don't see anything in the, in the profile that really worries me. So I really do like, um, I really do like India. And I went with Will Smith, um, you know, as my second closer, it's a draft and hold. I've mentioned this before, but my approach on closers is going to be different now, especially in a draft and hold. I think in a draft and hold previously, I would have taken maybe, you know, two sure things, but maybe later on in the draft, but I feel better about drafting, you know, some strong closers here, you know, getting two of them. I'm not really going to worry about filling my bench with these, you know, kind of, you know, not crappy backups, but you know, like when you don't get those solid closers, you end up filling the back half of your roster with a bunch of speculative save ads. And I really want to be pounding hitting there and getting plate appearances in the draft and hold. So I feel really good about that. And I mean, Smith, you know, everything was great from him. I mean, he had a higher ERA than usual at 344, but his whip was solid at 113. He had 87 strikeouts in 68 innings, 37 saves. He's on an obviously very good Braves team. 20.8% K minus walk rate, not like Will Smith of his elite, elite, elite days, but more than serviceable in that role. He did give up quite a few home runs. You know, you want to keep that walk rate down. So I think that might be why we thought he had maybe not as good of a season as he really did. I mean, if he gave me this season again next year, I mean, sign me up uh, for it. So I feel pretty good about my two closers in Kenley Jansen and Will Smith. I feel like the potential for 70 saves out of those two guys, which makes me feel pretty good. Yeah, that's two lockdown closers, guys, like we talked about. You didn't pay like the elite elite price, but it's two really really top end type closer so yeah don't don't hate that at all and you're setting yourself up like like i said last episode i kept wanting to take guys and then they'd be gone then they'd be gone so then i started to get to the point well i don't even know if we'll get to this episode of where i finally ended up in saves and it's it's not a great feeling to say the least um after you took smith i can't see the next one but it's Cattell Marte. dalton varsho goes on round seven what's your thoughts on that because that's an an interesting one right now is varsho like we know what he could do He's showed some power. He's got the speed. He's like that third catcher with speed potentially. There's discussions of, uh, I think some early projections have him as the number one catcher. Other catchers don't. It's a really interesting dynamic with Dalton Varsho. So um, I, I've heard a lot of smart people talk about it. So what's your thoughts on Dalton Varsho this season? I know we liked him last year. This year you actually have to pay for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Dalton Varsho a lot. Um, you know, when I look at his projections, I had my first uh, opportunity to plug the projections into my standard gain, standing gains points spreadsheet. And by the way, my Salvador uh, Perez pick is looking very good as the number 10 overall pick uh, in my spreadsheet. But uh, Varsho is, where is he? Did I miss him? I see Real Muto. Oh man, I'm missing him and I feel like there's a small little person in the room next to me. So he's 92nd overall um, on this on this um, on this spreadsheet. And um, am I being visited? Daddy, what's up, bud? Uh, How's it going? This is a first in Bubba yes, and episode 100. Episode 100. I'm, I'm pretty Come certain I'm certain I'm going to get a question about Ninjago uh, right now. Okay. So hold on one second. What's up, bud? Yes. You you went out of your room because you need to go potty. We'll allow it. Good, smart move. That is an exemption from the you're not allowed to leave your room until mommy comes in to snuggle you rule. 
Yeah. That's well, good. Well, unless I need to go potty. Unless you need to go potty, yes. you can. Do you want to say hello to everybody? Hey, hey. This is Beckett, everybody. Beckett, Hi, Beckett, you're on television. It's kind of like you're on TV. That's Bubba. That's my <laughs> friend Bubba. Uh, Hi. Yeah, Hi. Uh, we're on mute. Well, are we on mute? Yeah. We are not no. on mute. This is actually on the <laughs> podcast right here. This is this is happening. How can we? Why can't we hear? What What's your thoughts on Dalton oh, Barshow, Beckett? He wants to know what your thoughts are on Dalton Barshow. <laughs> if not, if Dalton Barshow was a Ninjago character, who do you think he would be? You don't. You have no idea. I know it's a tough question. All right. Do you want to it's say tough. congratulations on a hundred episodes to Bubba? This is our hundredth time that we're recording this right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear you because I'm listening through my earphones. Which yeah. What's his favorite s'more? What's your favorite type of s'more? No, I can't. I can't hear. You can't hear it. What? What's your when, favorite kind when, of s'more? When, when your vibration goes through. Two. I hear them. You hear the vibrations as they go through it, huh? What's your favorite s'more? Bubba wants to know before you go to bed. S'more. S'more. You remember, like, because dad's a big dad's a big s'more. Crack, we need to know. Graham crackers, wow, marshmallow. Do you have like a particular type of dessert that you like with that? <laughs> yes. I am actually the lightning ninja. I'm Jay the lightning ninja. You're Jay the Ni- lightning ninja. All right, Jay the Ni- lightning oh, ninja. Nice. Oh, don't mess nice. with that, please. Um, you, uh, you're going to go to bed now, Jay, the lightning ninja. I'll see you later, kiddo. Good night. Awesome. Bye, Jay, awesome. the lightning ninja. All right. There you go, awesome. ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. I'm going to edit that out. I'm not editing that. That's staying in the pot. No, you shouldn't edit that out. I mean, that's gold right that's there. That's outstanding. Yeah. For that's sure. off-season talk right there. Poof. Big time. Big time. Um, a lot of Ninjago talk happening in my household these days. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So Dalton Varsho, I like Dalton Varsho a lot. Um, if he's going this high in drafts, it, it definitely takes a little bit of the fun out of drafting him, I think, just because, um, you know, it's tough. But he he showed in the second half. I mean, he was really good in the second half. Um, I would prob- I'll probably end up taking him when I dive in a little bit. Let's see. His contact was down, but still solid. You know, hard ground ball rate low, hard hit rates fine. Let's see. A little bit of our hey Toby, stack can I, can metrics. Bo- Toby, can I can yeah. I bother you real quick? Yeah. Um. So it's our hundredth episode. So I thought I'd surprise you with something. Oh really? I have a spe- I have a special guest coming on the show. He just oh, dropped in. So really? yeah, you have you have no idea who this is. You will oh, when you see him. Man, I do. I do know <laughs> who it is. I can see him in the bottom. Uh, you there. can see him. Good. Good. Wow. He, he's he's he's, wow. he's a, one of the best NFBC players ever. You can find his work over at FTN Daily and FTN Fantasy. And he's on Twitter at RotoGut. Mr. Vlad Sedler, how we doing, my friend? Wow. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How you Vlad, doing? Vlad, how's it going? Toby. Good, good. Bubba. Welcome. Good to see you guys. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I figured for episode 100 going? that we'd have Vlad come join the party for a little bit. To, uh, I think he has something to talk to you about, Toby. Really? Well, I mean, well, first of all, I wanted to uh, to congratulate <laughs> you on this uh, on this hundredth episode, and uh, you know, obviously, sorry that I missed you guys in uh, in Arizona. I was, mm-hmm. you know, just like you know, play by play. Congratulations watching. to you, though. Yeah, a you new have other important to the family. things to do. Yeah, 
Yes, yes. Uh, you know, second, uh, second child, and yeah, happy camper. Life is good. Um, and then, of course, you know, I came to, I came to rub it in. I came to rub it in a little bit. Um, but I don't need to because all season long, the way that uh, the way that you ran with that, the way you owned it, man, that was that was freaking awesome. But um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and uh, and yeah, and I, and I, and I came to collect on our on our draft champions bet too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I owe you because I had I I chose, ladies and gentlemen, I chose George Springer over Vlad Jr. I don't know who on earth would ever have done that. I would say. I would oh, say wow. probably at that point, 78% of people, because at the time Springer was higher ADP. I think we, I don't know. I think we maybe did this late February, early March. And at the time, you know, Springer was going to be leading off top 50 could have been a different story if, uh, if he hadn't got injured. Yeah. But I mean, there was, there was only one Vlad junior season, you know, regardless of what he had yeah. done, even looking at projections for next year, Vlad junior is a top 10 player, which is yeah. just, uh amazing to me so kudos to you on getting that getting that right um and yeah i owe you a draft champions i owe all you right, a draft champions right. entry this is gonna be this is gonna be good i'm gonna win you beat uh, me i think in in an oc and a draft champions this year so yeah but you know how it is you're you're, you're, you're kind but it's uh you know i'm probably looking up at you in, in, in our main event standings i think right <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we'll see i didn't it was now, it was a forgettable season. Do you guys have to season. be in the same draft? Do you guys have to be in the same draft champions? Or the one you put them in, or is it just whatever? I don't that's know. A, that's a good question. I don't think it. I don't know. I don't. I think it, it might be more fun. I think Toby and I might be trying to avoid uh-huh. each other a little bit more this year. Or at least I think that's a good <laughs> idea. The last our, two our years, TV. we've done a, we've done a bad job of it. Yeah. Um, although I think I accepted an invitation to the OC that you sent that you put out. So that's probably my own fault. Well, the other issue is we're both West Coast guys and there's only, you know, we, we have kids. There are only certain times mm-hmm. that we can make a draft. So, um, you know, we're like, oh, it's only you can do this time. Only uh, only I can do this time. What, what choice do we have? We, we, we got a draft. Hopefully we end up on opposite sides. Um, hopefully I don't snipe your, uh, your your pitcher of choice in the in the first or second rounds and go from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we yeah. if we do end up in the same draft. I have to draft George Springer in the first round and you can draft Vlad Jr. in the first <laughs> round. And then that'll just be like, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. That sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. By the way, on the, so on, what else on, is going on, Guerrero, on these days, Vlad? Well, I was going to ask you guys on, on Vlad Guerrero, you were talking about projections, possibility of like, I mean, where's he at with stolen bases? Is there any opportunity for him to, to, to bump that up? Or, I mean, like, what are we looking at to, to really make him sparkle in that first round? I mean, the projections have him actually with four. I know Rob I Silver's already he, excited because he he's going. Yeah. 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 He's already, he's mean, already I, training in the Dominican, so Rob's, Rob's excited. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Best shape of his life already. But could he possibly be in the best shape of his life after last spring when he was truly in the best shape of his life? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he, he, he stopped uh, eating grandma's arepas and other – um, you know, fatty foods and just really, I mean, honestly, like no joke. I mean, you guys know how it is in, in fantasy there. You've got robots like Phil who just, you know, they just dominate, they trust their numbers and their spreadsheets. And, and I, you know, and you know, you, my moniker is the gut and everything, but I think a lot of people know that a lot of my analysis and everything is, is statistic is statistically based. You know, it's not just like, Oh, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. Um, but for, there's always exceptions to that. And I feel like, you know, Guerrero was one of those guys 
one of the things, and I don't know if I, if I recall telling you guys this, that, that really stuck out to me uh, were some of those preseason quotes where for me, it just seemed like something clicked for the guy where, you know, all these years he's, you know, he hadn't had that, um, you know, hadn't reached that success. He's, he's, uh, he's had that pedigree with his father. And there was a quote in addition to his losing weight. And it was about uh, how, you know, Acuna Jr. Tatis, like all these guys, how they're dominating and, and look at me, like I can be one of those guys. Like I really want to be one of those guys. And so he, he really set a goal for himself, always had that natural talent and he just really kind of needed that motivation. So I was hoping that motivation kicked in. So I was happy to see it. Vlad, you could have shared that quote with me before I went on my, you know, <laughs> Vlad Jr. is the worst in the world rant, you know, I, yeah. I should have known. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's true. And I think actually one thing that I think that I've learned from that experience too, is sometimes you do need to put a bet on that upside, right? Mm -hmm. You need to understand that that development isn't necessarily linear and that guys can take that massive step up in the right situation with the right mm -hmm. level of talent. We knew that he was a world-class talent, right? Coming up. Mm -hmm. And so to give up on that after such a short period of time was, was I think a little bit short-sighted. So I definitely... Um, those type of ceiling picks. So those are the ones that win you leagues, you yeah. know, um, whereas sometimes just kind of going, going with the, with the boring that at that point in a draft, when you have that level of upside. And I think um, the guild was talking about it on his podcast. And I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned something similar, but like just that the floor was also really high too. It didn't necessarily mm -hmm. involve stolen bases, but like the batting average was high, you know, um, the home run should be pretty good, even in like a mediocre season in that lineup in that mm -hmm. in those ballparks. Um, it was still a pretty high floor, which I think is a fair a fair argument as well. You know what I just noticed is that uh, I was just looking at Fangraphs before we we came on and uh, just clicked sorted by RBI leaders, and I didn't even realize that he was he didn't even lead his team in RBIs. That was uh, Granddaddy Teoscar. Wow, Teoscar had a That's monster amazing. season, and like doesn't get doesn't get talked about at all. He had. A humongous season, still bases, hit homers, mm -hmm. first and average. Like he should be picked this year and not getting talked about at all. At least, yeah. at least doesn't seem like he's getting talked about at all. So yeah, the the 123 runs um, like snuck up on me. Like I I was like, oh, I think Vlad's like around 100, 100 or something like that. And then I looked at the end and I was like, 123 runs. How exceptional! I mean, just from a season standpoint, that, that batting average, those runs, those home runs, those RBI. I mean, every single one of them was a little bit painful, but also I, I really enjoyed doing that, you know, doing yeah. that thing. I'm going to miss it a lot. Like doing the, doing the, uh, <laughs> doing the, the tour of shame will definitely be something that I look back on very fondly and yeah, hope I never have fun. to do again for anybody else. By the way, I was wondering. I, I haven't really started to dive into any any sort of analysis for for twenty twenty two. Trying to take a little bit of a break and, and kind of into football, but I'm wondering. You know that think about the fantasy teams that basically said, you know what, I love the Blue Jays. I love you know these these ballparks that they're going to be playing in. Pitching in that division sucks. Like I'm stacking Blue Jays this year. I'm just getting all that I can. Um, I don't think any of us, or at least I don't know many people that just, you know, other than maybe a little bit by accident, like, oh, Simeon's here, I'll take him, oh, you know. But I wonder, like, is that something that people are going to kind of look more to in, in DFS, like just kind of finding that team that just really goes off? Or is that just an outlier? I mean, do, are we ever going to see a team like that have so many guys in the top 12 with player rating? 
Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a, I don't know. Like, if you, like, you look at that, that Rasball player rater, who yeah. it, it's wild. Look at that Rasball player rater. I think just like three in the top five we were talking about the other, mm-hmm. other day. It, it's pretty wild. But I think Casey Jaw, I think someone talked about he went like full AL Central, like White yeah. Sox and someone else. And it kind of, he kind of stacked the early part of the season or something along those lines. But um, the only concern I have with the Jays next year is it'll be a full season in that ballpark with the humidor. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll, we'll see for sure. Yeah, I mean, Casey... I... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I could see it with the White Sox next year, actually. I mean, uh-huh. to Bubba's point about Casey Chaw doing it this year, you know, Eloy's going to be a little, you know, he was third rounder last year. He's going to fall back a little bit because of the injuries. You obviously have Luis Robert, who you know, he's going to be a second rounder probably, if not back into mm-hmm. the first rounder. You have yeah. Tim Anderson, mm-hmm. you know, as well. You have Yasmani Grandal, who you can get a little bit later on in drafts. So, and I'm sure I'm forgetting at least a few uh, a few guys in there. So maybe there's an option there. And I think the AL Central is going to be a little bit, is still going to be pretty weak. So don't um, forget fourth rounder Gavin Sheets. Oh, <laughs> how could you forget Gavin Sheets? I can't Sheets? wait to I mean, see how high he goes. <laughs> Uh, and uh, your uh, uh, your Mercedes Mercedes is that come was our back. DFS darling. Yeah, yeah, he was good, man. And Mercedes. you know, also remember was uh, was it Yasmani Grandal? Like, like uh, remember everybody dropped him. He was hurt for a while, and then a few of us picked him up on in, in OCs where he was dropped. And I think it was like what seven RBIs in his first or second game back. Like just a nice little boost to, to the categories there. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, that he came back with and he hit for he hit for average in the second half he hit, too. Yeah, he was unbelievable because he hit like 150 in the first mm-hmm. half. And then he, he just, he carried some of my teams that back end of that year. It was really, really nice to have that on my team for a little bit. Do you guys see my shirt, by the way? I can't believe I'm wearing this. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, Ozzy Albies, that's a Bubba draft pick from the draft we're going over right now. This is a funny story. Yeah. I I, okay. uh, I guess I'm a, I'm a customer of you know of Roto of, of Rotoware. Obviously, love their stuff. And uh, once a year, I get like a shirt in the mail. And in August, I just you know got this package. I open it, and it's this shirt. And this is what's like at the end of August. And I'm like, is this a long con from you know from from Kenny there? Like you know a preview of the NLCS. And and lo and behold, it is. And as soon as the series was over, basically you know just the other day. I go in the next shirt in my closet. I haven't seen this thing in a month. I open it and, and there it is. I'm like, okay, I'm going oh, to wear it today. So, Bummer. Well, beautiful. beautiful. He's, a, yeah. he's a very good player that Ozzy Albies is. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. one of those guys. It's a, that it's, I, it's, it's a fun discussion. Well, I was going to say it's a fun discussion. Like, should he just hit right-handed full-time? <laughs> Albies? Yeah. I mean, it worked for Mullins, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm pro him trying to do that. He's actually like his WRC plus is under a hundred from the left mm-hmm. side in his career. It's kind of remarkable, but yeah, he, he you know what? I, th- there's a lot of prep I'm going to have to do. Like looking back at, uh, at last season at the thing, like my blind spots, things I missed. And I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but like for me in every draft, I somehow was skipping over Ozzy Albies or, you know, or like with Merrifield, like the, those boring guys. I'm like, ah, Merrifield is over 30. Same with Starling Marte. Like are these guys really going to run much. And then of course those guys are near the top and stolen bases. And, you know, like I got some Mitch Hanniger, but I wasn't like over the moon for him, you know? So there, there's so many, uh, so many like overlooked kind of like those, those guys, the, the, the Kyle Seegers of the world, you know, those like really like unsexy unintriguing guys that, Really, you know, I think you need to have a balance of in drafts. In drafts, 
Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of those guys, those guys either. I had, I had some uh, Merrifield, but um, yeah, I missed on a lot of the guys that kind of, that kind of broke out this year. So definitely Mm -hmm. back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, when you look into Ozzy Albies, just uh, enjoy the progressions he's made every year and then think to yourself, what have I been missing for so long? The kid's still young, and he's still just like each year the stat line just gets better and better and better. Like it's it's crazy what he's doing. So um, I took him uh, at the uh, in the second round in this draft we're discussing. So, yes, yeah, a big fan. I looked at the board. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty good-looking board. Um, except for it was like Can a little <laughs> – well, it was I funny. I, I got to pull it up. It was like – it felt like um, – it, it was like uh i forgot the name but anyways i looked at the first round pick and i couldn't make it out at first i thought it was like you know tyler o'neill or i wasn't sure so i, I see it's trey turner mm. oh the, the one one yeah yeah that's that was dave mcdonald that was dave he's McDonald. a big big trey turner fan which you know he's gonna be unbelievable on the dodgers next year when he has a full season obviously the playoffs were a little bit of a disappointment but man he's gonna be phenomenal next year i think yeah, a lot of work to do for us. I mean, you know, kind of figuring out that first round, it's uh, it's a doozy. There's just so much, so much of it that has to, I think, kind of shape up, you know? Yeah, it's different than I want to any... ask you, Vlad. As the, oh. I, I want to ask Vlad a question real quick. As, sorry, I, I know my internet's goofy right now, so I'm on a delay for you guys. But, um, Vlad, as the Dodger guy, someone asked me on Twitter today, and I, I actually took bets in the first round of this draft. Where do you see bets fitting next year? Is he the leadoff guy? Is he the set? hitter like uh i know he's injured a lot this year but do you, do you think we see the old best next year or is this like he's getting older and this is kind of how it's going to go um so i guess the first question is you guys are pretty convinced that that dave roberts isn't going anywhere he's uh he's an owner's you know guy and that they're just gonna hold on to him that's what it feels I, like sadly for you. I, I i wouldn't i don't see why they would move away from him honestly but um i know that he made a couple couple uh questionable moves in the nlcs but he seems to have the respect of the players and he's won a championship before so i don't see him but i I also i also haven't been following that closely honestly i watched like Mm -hmm. some of the games but not all of it so yeah i mean yeah bye bye i mean i think it's it's going i think it's going to just change throughout the year um and just kind of depends how things go especially a, a team like that their their lineup is is constantly fluid right i mean you see like you know, Justin Turner starting off, you know, hitting third, and then they, they trade for some guys. He moves down. All of a sudden, he's cold. He's hitting sixth. They've got no problem moving Bellinger down to eighth um, and, and MVP two seasons ago. So um, really, it just depends. I'm, like, I, I'm into bets, I think, next year. I'm, I'm good with him. I, I try not to have my Dodgers blinders on. I actually kind of do the opposite. I'm, I'm more sort of, you know, cautious with the guys, and I, I kind of try not to, to – uh, draft with um you know with, with with favoritism but i think he should have a nice little bounce back just the fact that he was unhealthy this year uh for most of the year really couldn't get his groove the first year back from you know that short season and everything so i think he'll be fine i don't know if the stolen bases are going to be up there i don't think necessarily be like a massive average guy anymore but i i see him pretty much being like um the leadoff man for for, for the most part i think he's best suited as as the number two i'd like to see trey one and him two personally, but hey, I mean, I'm no Dave Roberts. Um, the, the other part I have with this is the discussion we had last episode, and I, I'm kind of kicking myself for it. Would I know you haven't done your research yet? So this answer could change for anybody listening. Would you rather take Kyle Tucker over Mookie Betts? 
Oh, man. Um, I don't like where Kyle Tucker hits in the lineup. I guess some things could change. Like, I don't really know. I'm not I'm not really up to date with, you know, is, is Brantley going to be on the team next year? And just, just things like that. But, uh, um, I mean, hey, that's another loaded lineup. Um, I I don't know. I, I think I want to lean towards towards the younger guy. But then if you're just looking at raw, raw counting stats, like a full season with – 680 plus plate appearances, you know, say he misses 15 games or whatever from Mookie Betts could be epic. You know, you're talking you know, 240 plus runs RBI and maybe a little bounce back and homers are, you know, homer steals, anything's possible. So it's, it's close. I, I don't know if I can make that call right now. All right, Toby, I'll give you one more question for Vlad and let him get out of here. Cause he's been so courteous with his time, but uh, you can, you can, you can ask him one more, Toby. It's all yours. Ooh, I get a question. Oh yeah, man, I'm not used to, I'm not used to hosting this. Um, let's see. A question for Vlad. Man. Um, who is uh who's this year's um can you tell us like six months in advance who who is gonna be this year's Christian Yelich from your article? <laughs> oh, man. man, so I think people know um I was I was mad at myself all year just because uh, you know, you, you, you want perfection, right? So I, I, in the beginning of my article, I pretty much stated that I really love Vladimir Guerrero and Aaron judge. And, but those guys don't fit the profile of it. Cause they're not really stolen base guys. And that was kind of part of the formula. Like this is somebody that needs to like steal 20 plus bags to be like a fifth rounder plus, and then earn first round value, which I guess ended up being a few people, right? I mean, Simeon, um, Cedric Mullins, like, you know, that was amazing. Obviously, Guerrero too. Judge had a pretty good season, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's you know a lot, a lot of work on it. But I ended, so what I my point is, I ended up going with Meadows. Um, I was just really feeling it, and um, yeah, I guess you know you had a hundred plus. What was it? Runs or RBI or something? He had a pretty good season, but the batting average was just so. What happened to the guy? Right, first two seasons just hitting like two ninety, and then had the bad you know COVID season, and then last year just it was weird and doesn't play every day. I, I I'm just not into that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 27, 27 home runs, 106, RB, 106 RBI. Yeah. And he was going like around pick 100 or so, at least in, uh, initially. Yeah. I know he got pushed up a little bit, but um, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you called Vlad Jr. as well. So maybe you should do that like in every every time is just include some of the guys that were like just missed the cut. Because uh-huh. honestly, like, you know, pinning it down to one guy is really, really difficult. You know, it's kind of like uh-huh. when you go into a draft, you don't draft the same guy over and over and over again in the fifth round or whatever it is. I mean, maybe if you're me and like JT Realmute is available, you yeah. always get that one guy, but like, you know, so you helped out a lot of people with that Vlad junior call. Um, so you got to cut yourself a little bit of slack there. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, the, the funny part is I have, um, I, I don't really have any like pro baseball friends, but I, but I have one who um, just for the sake of keeping him, I, I won't say who he is, but he used to play, uh, minor leaguer played and then played for the diamondbacks for a couple of seasons uh, back in the day. And he's like a fantasy football buddy. And I remember, um, you know, I sent him a, you know, I, I, I told him who my, my, this year's Yelich is said Meadows. And he was like, Oh dude, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't like his approach. And it just kind of threw me off. I'm like, man, I spent all this time researching. Like I'm like, and a pro player, like doesn't like him. I started doubting my fantasy analysis. So <laughs> I call it a, I call it a wash. Cause he got the hundred plus RBIs, but you know, the guy didn't play every day. Yeah. Yeah. And like 79. Yeah, maybe maybe runs. next year. Yeah. 
Oh, go ahead, Bubba. Sorry. Like, maybe next year, maybe maybe next year, Yelich can be here your next Christian Yelich. <laughs> See how it goes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Cyclical, baby. Got to love. Fall it. from grace, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah or Bellinger. I mean, but, I'm uh, curious. Actually, yeah, that's a Bellinger, question that I would have for you. Is yeah. is it's too early? But like, what are your thoughts on? That's a better question. Like, what are your thoughts on Bellinger? I mean, turning it on in the playoffs. Yeah. Does he have it? Does he have it figured out enough for you to take a shot at him? He's going to be discounted severely from where he's gone in previous drafts. But at the same time, he's like a tinkerer, and mm-hmm. you know, it's up and down. So I'm just curious your approach on a guy like that. Yeah, you guys remember, or uh, Toby, you were there, I think, the first year, or maybe it was the year before, in, in Arizona, we got to see Cody Bellinger. It was, uh, well, anyway, before, we got to see yeah. him in Arizona Fall League, and man, I just, just fell in love with his, his his style and approach, and I was really looking forward to him you know, being on the Dodgers, so I felt, you know, kind of, a lot of us that were there watching him were in on him early fantasy-wise, and obviously, you know, won the MVP, and it's just such an insane fall from grace, but, you know, you see it all the time in baseball, how, how, how you know, kind of how things change, so it's the discipline that really, you know, just sort of, sort of worries me about him. Um, I, I don't know. haven't really thought about where his ADP is. I don't know where he went in your draft. Is he like a, what's, is he a fifth rounder? Is he an eighth rounder? Let's see. Let's see what we got. I'm going to look for some, some, uh, the problem with him is you can't just look for one. You can't just look for purple color on here. Yeah. It's hard. It's, <laughs> I wish it were easier to see. Yeah. I, yeah, so like I, yeah. I don't oh, know here, what to. Here he is. He's in the sixth round. Sixth round. Sixth okay. round. Seventh pick. Got it. Yeah. So I, I don't know how. Again, it's a little early. I don't know how I feel about him yet. Try to put the Dodger blinders to the side. But my question is, did he just? When did the whole like you know like stoner culture begin for him? I thought it was like a good you know uh, up you know Arizona healthy boy whatever. And now like I mean, is he, does he really? I guess I'm not up on it. Is he just like smoke weed all the time? Like where's like the haze from? Where's this come from? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, some of the memes though are fantastic, yeah. you know, just like, and, and I don't know, I don't actually know if he's ever talked about smoking pot or like what the deal is there. I've never, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a good, that, it's a great question. We need to do some explain investigative journalism here. Yeah, yeah. I could explain everything. Like he was just high all season. <laughs> yeah. Like his, his post game, uh, in the, uh, the, NLDS where he said uh he was whoever that they were facing they were shoving it up our butt all night that was exactly yeah, was, was, was pretty was impressive stuff Webb. like uh-huh. yeah <laughs> it's just like you could tell Cody was not there just didn't care yeah, <laughs> so, yeah totally but um totally. all right Vlad it's... we'll wrap it up there um thank you go ahead and plug 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 what you got going on uh, I know you got FTN daily FTN fantasy yeah. all that good stuff but uh we really appreciate you jumping on for a little bit yeah, thank you guys. Dude, it feels so good. Like especially you're in the mix of uh, of football and just you know the new kid and and outside of watching baseball, like I'm not really talking about it. I haven't been super engaged. So this is fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity uh, to sit and talk to you guys. Um, obviously, love your show uh, and you know, big fans of you guys both professionally and personally. So so thanks for having me on. Uh, but yeah, um, FTN uh, FTN fantasy for 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 baseball for football. Um, planning big things uh, over on the FTN baseball side um that will be un- unraveling or unloading or being explained uh, very soon so and then you know draft guide uh, whole season full of content uh got a good you know get a good team going and that's it so uh, i don't even know who to root for here cool. um, i guess braves i guess since i'm wearing yep, the shirt and it's the nl team so I don't know. <laughs> but thank you guys yeah. for having yep, me that's the way yeah well, thank, i appreciate it for being here for Vlad us, and, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah this, this, internet, this, internet, this internet delay has us like, you know. Who's it's talking about sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, I was just like Bubba's new things, like, you know, just whatever Toby seeks to yeah. but I, I, I get it now, yeah. We're, we're it, so off our game. Bubba, Bubba normally hosts everything, you know? Uh-huh. And like, uh-huh. he does a fantastic job. So yeah. I'm just, you know, out of my, out of my element here. Uh, but no, appreciate yeah, you hopping on, Vlad. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Vlad. Bye, All right, Bye. Toby. There we go. Uh, sorry, Bubba. We keep on talking over each other with this. I yeah, my, I, the internet's been so good for like two months now. I haven't had any issues. And the, tonight of all nights, like, boom, here we go. We're going to do it. We're going to have some fun on episode 100. I had the guests lined up. I'm like, oh, I'll just, just got to screw this whole thing up. But it worked out. It was fun. Um, that was, we had, that had, two, was we had two special guests tonight. So that was great. Yeah, yeah so. that, was, that was awesome. We might not get awesome. as far in the draft this time. Bad. But yeah. Good, good. Um, all right, let's uh, let's continue on. We're in round eight. Let's get through round ten. We'll call the night there, and then next week we'll okay. finish the rest of the draft, and we'll we'll just do the, whole, the second half of the draft real quick next week. But let's uh, let's wrap up. We're in round eight now. You took Will Smith in round seven. We just talked about Varsho, or actually, finish your thoughts on Varsho. I had to stop you there because uh, Vlad was coming on, so we, we were oh, talking Varsho. My one thing, my one thing with Varsho, real quick. My one thing with Varsho, real quick. My only concern I'll ask you is we know how good he can be, but Kelly's still there. So how locked into playing time do you think the situation is? Well, I mean, the thing is he's got the catcher eligibility still, so he doesn't need to be a full-time guy in order to still be a valuable contributor. And I think we got a pretty good indication. I mean, I think there's a couple things, right? Is at a certain point, like he's, he's now he's through all of his, you know, team manipulation and stuff like that. And the question is, can he contribute? And I think that was very pretty clear that he was able to contribute um last year i'm trying to get up his projection because the steamer does have its projections up for initial projections for next year um but yeah i mean he was really good in the second half so here we go bar show so he's projected for 489 plate appearances which seems reasonable right even if he's just in a righty lefty split he could still get to that 19 home runs and eight stolen bases which honestly like seems a little light to me um, you know, from a stolen base perspective, at least I, I see a guy who's got pretty solid skills, generally speaking, that there's not a lot of competition on that team, especially for a young guy that they're going to want to get plate appearances. Now they're going to want to get him exposure. He can play, he's going to maintain catcher eligibility. I think for next year, just cause he can be that, that backup. He actually, in some ways gives them some additional roster flexibility. If you think about it, like having a guy who can play the outfield and can play catcher on a regular basis allows you to carry like one fewer catcher, maybe, Um, you know, so I think he's going to play a lot. I think he'll be really good. I think he's the type of guy who could he have an exceptional season and really beat out those projections? Absolutely. But if he's in line with where those projections have him right now, then, you know, he's going about where he should go. So, yeah. All you, right. You're trying to read. Uh, seven round. Yeah, I'm trying to read one. Uh, round seven wraps up with Rendon, which is interesting because, you know, I don't know what to expect with Rendon. It's probably just one guy I cross off my list. But uh, round seven makes it interesting. I'll say that much in round seven. Uh, then it goes Pablo Lopez. Can't tell who the next guy is. Uh, Shane McClanahan. Uh, Jose. But no, that's not Jose Burrios. That is. Uh, who is that? Is I apologize, people. This is getting bad. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pass no, on that it's, one. It's okay. And Let's see. I'm gonna try to like go in after here. McClanahan. 
it's bad. It's real bad. But uh, your next pick is a third base. <laughs> this is thing. so funny for people who can't yeah. who aren't looking at the draft board. They're like, "What is wrong with you guys? You can't see who you pick." And it's like, yeah. man, it's tough. It's tough. I think that's Barnes. It's Matt Barnes. It was Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. There you go. Closer um, Matt Barnes because those they were flying off the boards. That is correct. Um, and then yeah, I took but, with my uh, he went and then you took a third baseman. Yeah, yeah. I took Alex Bregman here in the eighth round. I think we're in right now. Like pick pick one hundred and six or one sixteen. I can never remember which one it is. But uh, you know, I was actually a little bit torn. I think Bregman here is is really good value. We're talking about a guy. Well. I don't know if I should use the word value, but I think potential value, perceived value. Um, Just because he, like, this is a guy who was producing top round contributions, you know, as recently as a couple of years ago, there's been some injury history. So he's obviously fallen off. The Astros are going to have a really good lineup. He's going to be in the middle of it, hitting second or third. He's going to score a ton of runs. He'll get RBI. He'll hit enough home runs, like 20, 25 home runs. The batting average should also be decently good. And I think that's the one area where I think my team is a little weak just because it doesn't have any average anchors yet. I picked up Brantley later on to maybe be a little bit of that, although it's a little bit of a sketchy profile at this point with such little power, not really stealing bases. It's pretty empty batting average, but it at least contributes something. So I went with Bregman here. My one concern is obviously the injuries and also the fact that he's really not stealing at all anymore. And so, you know, here being a little maybe light on speed than I'd, I'd want to be. I had some questions about going there, but given, you know, what I think he can contribute and the fact that I think he's going to be really solid one way or the other, I, I was happy with the pick. Yeah, no, I, I like Bregman in, in round eight. I was, I was kind of shocked that he fell that far, to be honest. I think, you know, this year is kind of a downer for somebody who's banged up and everything. So I think that's a great pick. I was hoping for the next pick to fall to me, but uh, Simeon took Grandall. Like if I could have Grandall fall to me in round eight in this draft, has me beyond excited. But that did not happen because Michael Simeon is is not a friend of mine anymore. But that's just the way that's going to go. But since he took Grandall, made me change things up, which he did. He made me change things up a lot in this draft, which did not make me happy. I got my fourth pitcher off the board. I just kept going with starter, starting pitchers. I was a big, big fan of this year. And I think it keep going in the right direction. And I went with uh, Chris Bassett, who was absolutely filthy this year, 157 innings and 27 uh, starts, picked up 12 dubs. Uh, He was striking guys out at a 25% clip, 18.8% K to walk, which is still pretty darn good. He had that freak injury, of course, which was less than ideal. He took the line drive off his face, but um, didn't miss that much time because he's a crazy uh, Aussie who just just battled back through the whole thing. He missed um, about a month. He was 8-17 was the day he got hit. He was back 9-23. He made two appearances through three innings, basically, in each start, which is a big plus for me. We saw him get back on the bump. He's already talked about it in interviews, how he feels, how he's ready, like all these things that I have not worried about him one bit. And um, I, as my SP4, I'm, I'm beyond excited to have Chris Bassett uh, on my team going into this year, especially for the fact, um, yeah, he'll be in Oakland still. He's, he's not a free agent until next year. So, yeah, Chris Bassett has my SP4. I I wanted Grandall. Grandall did not fall to me. So Chris Bassett was my eighth round pick. Yeah, and I, I love that pick as well. Um, you know, Bassett is, you know, he's solid. He's really, really solid. And he throws a lot of innings. And there's something about A's pitchers. You know, they, whether it's that ballpark or whatever it is, just are solid, solid players. Like they're they're never really like, upper echelon but there's so many solid pitchers that they produce 
And I even saw our friend Nick Pollock had a tweet recently about how, you know, I think he was saying at first pitch Arizona, he wasn't a huge Bassett fan, but he dug in a little bit and found out how good his forcing fastball um, has been. And so that changed his mind a little bit as well. So I'm, um, yeah, I like Bassett. I like this pick a lot. Uh, that's why I'm wearing this A's hat right now. There we go. Uh, I, after that went Rizzo, uh, Luis Severino, Schwarber, uh, Winker. I think that can be an interesting pick that'll be discussed a lot this offseason for what he can do. Uh, Camilo Doval went in round eight. That helium skyrocketed in a hurry. Not saying it's the wrong pick, but I'm just surprised it went that high. Carlos Rodon towards the end of round eight. Craig Kimbrell, uh, who will be a free agent, or not free agent, but he's most likely to get traded by Chicago. And then Framber Valdez wrapped up round eight. So anything stand out to you? Because these are a lot of very good ball players this year sitting in round eight. Still, it gets felt like a rather deep draft. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rodon's super interesting because he's great if he's healthy and he can maintain his velocity increase, you know, whether where he ends up and whether he's able to do that is going to be a major question. Um, so a big kind of boom bust pick there, I think outside of that, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's fine. I mean, the thing that I notice is that hitters really thin out pretty yep. quickly, you know? Um, so you really, hitters thin out quickly for sure. Yep. Big time, big time. That's why starting pitchers deep. And that's why also I did, when guys just kept taking closers, I just said, screw it. And I take bats basically as where things went. Um, it might backfire tremendously, but we'll wait and see there. Uh, starting off round nine, Jared Walsh. That's a very, very intriguing one as draft season goes on to discuss because he started out a gangbuster, kind of slowed down, but his in, his in the line was still very solid. He's still going to be hitting that middle order. So that's an interesting one. Max Muncy in round nine is another guy. You got Turner, um, Chris Bryant, Marcus Stroman. Big bump for him. I love Marcus Stroman, though. I'm, I'm kind of biased. Cronenworth, it's like my round here of guys I love. Nate Ivaldi went right after Cronenworth. Um, Kyle Hendricks, your boy, went right there. And then um, I took my first baseman slash outfield eligible Ryan Mountcastle in round nine. And this one... This is probably more me saying, okay, I'm going to believe in the young kid's tools. He could be the offense. He could be the rookie of the year. For all we know, he won't be, but he could be type thing. He finished that well. He finished with 33 home runs, hit 255, even stole four bags. The power is never a big concern for me. It was more the consistency with the average. I'll take 255 in this day and age. Um, I think there's a lot to like there when it comes to Ryan Mountcastle, the barrel rates, the hard hit rates. Um, the max EV is a 114.8. Uh, the X stats show he might have been a little lucky, but still overall not too bad. And the fact that he's still super young, going to play half his games in Camden Yards is always a great thing. So I went with Ryan Mountcastle there. It wasn't one I was fully in love with, but looking at the board and looking what first basemans were already gone, looking at a little bit of flexibility still, which could be nice as things go on throughout the season. It made me. It didn't make me. That's kind of why I went with Ryan Mountcastle in round nine. Yeah, I really like that pick. You know, uh, Mountcastle, I think, is really solid in that lineup. He's going to be hitting middle of the order. You know, the the batting average is decent enough. He obviously has some chase issues, but if you're not in an OBP league, then, you know, as long as he's able to make the, continue to make that quality of contact when he does hit the ball, I think he's going to be really good. So I like that pick a lot for you, and he has the multi-position eligibility, which is a benefit in, in the draft and hold. Um, you know, the one guy, one guy who's kind of interesting to, to me so here, we're going to play a little trivia here. Um, what what do you think Jake Cronenworth's final line for the season was? I looked at it like a week ago, but it was 
it was surprising that it it wasn't as good as I thought, but it was still very good. Um, I'm gonna say like two fifty, two sixty two, and he had like what like eighteen homers or something. Twenty one home runs, two sixty six. Yeah, you're doing well. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to say like um, like seventy one RBIs and like eighty four runs scored. Ninety four runs, seventy one RBI, four oh, stolen wow, bases. It's 71 on the dot. Yeah, you you, you, yeah. you you did a great job. You did much better than I would have. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he did a lot better just based yeah, so on like, you know, he made the all-star team and, you know, and it's a solid enough profile. But like at this point in the draft, and this is not to criticize whoever took him because I think it's it's like a, it's a solid draft. There's not really like any major concerns, I don't think, like, you know, like he's a solid pick, but I just don't think he necessarily has like the upside. Like, so for instance, like a guy who went right after him is Brian Reynolds. And so I think about Brian Reynolds. I'm like, who's likely to finish with a better batting average? Brian Reynolds. Who's likely to finish with a higher, more home runs? Brian Reynolds. Who's likely to finish with more runs in RBI? Maybe that's like kind of close. And who's likely to finish with more stolen bases? They're kind of even there, you know? And so I don't mean to criticize any particular pick, but Jake Cronenworth just really surprised me because I thought he had an awesome year last year. And when you look at the profile, it's kind of like, eh, you know, like he's not really good or great at anything. And I have to dive in to find out if some of that was like Babip related or, you know, what, what exactly was behind some of that happening. But that was one of the picks that kind of stood out at me because, you know, um, yeah, I just, just more like a comment on, Jake Cronenworth and whether we think he's, you know, um, he's all that good. I don't know. Um, um, the one, wait, real quick, real quick. Um, the one thing I'll say for Cronenworth that I think will get boosted up throughout draft season, A, he's eligible all over the diamond, which yeah, is true. tremendous. That's very true. Secondly, um, now I thought it was a larger gap, and I could be wrong with my dates. I'm just looking for how many games he missed. I remember he was hit on the hand and he had a broken or a fracture in his hand and he missed like a week and then played through with the rest of the year. And mm-hmm. if that, it might've just been like the last two weeks because he, he 9, 10 to nine seventeen he didn't play. So maybe that was it. But from nine seventeen to the end of the season, he hit two twelve with one home run and four runs mm-hmm. and seven RBIs. Still only struck out 8.6% of the time and had a 208 mm-hmm. BABIP over that stretch. Um, that's not a big enough stretch to skew the whole stat line. Like you're saying, cause I'm with you. Um, I was starting to do brief research for the black book and Cronenworth has first base eligibility, but won't have it next year thing. Cause he played like, Oh, I think he should. He's, he's got 24 games at first base. So an NFC, okay, so maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a different position I'm thinking of, but um, I know there is, um, where is it at? Yeah. So he's going to have first base eligibility. I'm doing first baseman. That's why he was on my list. And yeah, he played in 24 games. You are correct. Uh, 24 games at first, 94 at second, and 41 at shortstop. So that's going to play pretty well. I thought he played outfield. He didn't play any outfield at all. But so he'll get you first, second, and shortstop eligibility. So middle infield, corner infield. I'd love to see what the downfall was because it was a gangbuster out the gate. But that eligibility alone, I think, gets him up draft boards in a big way. Plus, you yeah. still got Tatis. You still got Machado. You still got guys in that lineup that are good. The, the offense should be like that whole team just tanked in the second half. Like the whole team just tanked in the second half. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. That's just my, my thoughts on that. All right. I think that's fair. That's a fair. And I shouldn't have picked out one guy because I don't think it's that. I don't think it didn't think it was that well, bad, of a pick, but I was just like, Jake Cronenworth just he, surprised me yeah. because he wasn't that good this year. 
No, and I'm 100 with you because, like I said, that's why I kind of knew part of his stat line when I looked like a week ago. It surprised me. I, I expected it to be like 100 runs scored and like a 305 average or something, and it wasn't any of those things. Like I was, I was surprised. I'm with you. All right. Yeah. So after I took um, Mount Castle, Brian Reynolds went off the board, as you said, and you took. Oh, I wanted. Logan I wanted Brian Gilbert. Reynolds there. Yes, but you I went back it. starting pitching. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, going in, I really wanted to, to go heavy, pretty heavy starting pitching and pitching in general to begin with. I think that's that's the approach is I think maybe less concentration um, early on starting pitchers, you know, like, I mean, not that I won't get, you know, aces, but I just not as much of a focus there. And then, um, but getting getting more depth in starting pitching, I think is something that I'll feel a lot better about. I really like Logan Gilbert a lot. Uh, I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I think he's really, really good pitcher. Um, When we take a look at his, oops, I'm looking at the wrong things here. You know, sometimes you get into these um, rolling average graphs and you're thinking you're looking at a hitter when you're really looking at a pitcher. Um, So uh, with um, Logan Gilbert, Gilbert, um, we had a 6.9% over his last five games. You know, he had a 23.3% uh, K rate. He had a 6.9% uh, walk rate. So like around a 17, 18% K minus walk rate, which was good. The swinging strike rate was up. You know, the O swing was decent. The Z contact was really good. It was pretty, um, pretty dominant there. So I'm not doing a very good job of talking about why I think he's really good, but I felt like, um, you know, when we look at his overall numbers, uh 117 whip he's not really walking guys his k-minus walk for the full season so not those last five games was 19.9 percent 12.4 percent for the full season o swing above 30 which is nice more than a k uh k per per inning i I really like him a lot i think he's a really good uh a really good pitcher and i he's going to be somebody that i that i want in drafts next year yeah i like gilbert a lot i think we saw some big strides from him, so uh, I definitely can get with you on that one. Uh, Cindergard went a couple picks later. Brian Hayes, that's going to be an interesting guy to dig on. Then Justin took Shane Baz at the end of round nine. That's definitely a risk-reward play. I, I, I could see that. And then you went Willie Adamas. And then the outfield run went wild. Uh, Verdugo, Carlson, uh, Christian. No, that's not Christian Yelich. Yeah, it's, it's Christian Yelich. Yeah, yeah it's Yelich. Christian Yelich in round 10, right before your pick of? Robbie Grossman. I can read it. Um, I got grabbed Grossman here. I needed stolen bases. I was a little light on stolen bases. Grossman's just, he's so solid. He's so solid. Like, it just feels like 15-15 will happen. 2020, just like this year, you know, is likely. He's not like over the hill. He runs. He's going to hit leadoff on that team or top of the lineup on that team, which should get theoretically better offensively. The batting average isn't going to be stupendous. Like it's not going to be great from him, but he's just so, so solid. Um, I just really appreciate him as a player. So he's 32. Yeah. 23, 20, 239 batting average. The last three years, you know, he's at 240, 241, 239. So you're going to get around 240. Steamer has him at 237, which isn't great, but it isn't awful. Um, and yeah, I just, I really like and appreciate the profile um, of him a lot uh, going here as like a 2020 guy 
is something that I like a lot. And he's got like really solid skills. Like he walks a ton. He's, you know, very patient at the plate. So just thought he was solid con- contributor fit, fit well with the team overall. Yeah. I love Robbie Grossman. He fills up all five categories. As you mentioned, should hit towards that top of the order still should be no problems at all. He was a steal in drafts in 2021, like an absolute steal. Um, he was one of those guys that actually was like a game changer and potentially winning your league. Cause you got him for free and you never took him out of your lineup. Like he was, and it was funny too. Cause I remember I, I, it was like the first week or two, he like didn't get a hit, but he had like a 400 OBP because he's walking all the time and still stealing bases. So you're kind of torn because it was like you needed the average, but he's doing everything else. Then it all started clicking. So, um, oh yeah, big, big fan of Robbie. After Robbie, Simeon took Fran Mill Reyes. And then I went to the shortstop position. And this was tough for me because we know how deep shortstop is. And there are still some decent guys out there. But I also wanted to kind of like last year, make sure I got one of the bigger ones that I wanted before digging into the other ones. And I went Dansby Swanson. Uh, he had 248 this past year, 27 homers, nine stolen bases. One reason why I went with him is, A, he's still on that very good Braves offense. Ideally, if he hit towards the top, it'd be great. Probably won't with Albies and Acuna coming back. I, I'm understanding that. But still, he did a lot of this damage without that. The power is legit. He's going to toss in some steals. He's going to hit you. You know, he's hit 274 last year, 251 the year before. His bad at 297 was the lowest he's had since 2018. So maybe there's definitely some room for improvement in, in that regard uh, when you look at Dansby Swanson. And then when you um, look at the stat cast metrics, there it is. Um, you know, he still had an exit, uh, a max exit velo, velo compared to 2020. His barrel rate was the same as 2020. Hard hit rate was slightly better than 2020. Uh, the X stats uh, show things were good to go. He had a very solid season. He's consistent. He plays pretty much every day. Won't light the world on fire, but at the same time, can be very productive. Like you said earlier with uh, some of the Braves guys, going to be in a great lineup. So you got nothing to worry about there. So I went Dansby Swanson there. I, I know I could have waited and went with a different shortstop potentially and went somewhere else. But I've got so much. Maybe I should have went with a closer there. But I didn't like any of the closers at that point in the draft. Maybe I should have just done it. But um, I went Dansby Swanson in round 10. I really like that pick. I think it's super solid. I mean, look at his line, you know, from this past year. I, I thought he had a really bad year. You know, I know he started off really slowly. But then when you look at the final line, I mean, he hit 248, as you mentioned, with the lowest BABIP of his uh, in a while since he's had the hard hit rates that he's had in the stack cast metrics. 27 home runs, great contributor there. 78 runs, 88 RBI, and nine stolen bases. I mean, that's, to me, that's a pretty solid line right there. Um, balanced line, solid, and and he was not the player that, you know, I think people thought he was maybe going to be. So I still think there's room for upside there as well. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Um, rounding out uh, round 10, I believe it was Tony Gonsolin, which I'm kind of surprised he went that early, but maybe I'm misreading that. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, that's a big one. Lance McCullers will be interesting, especially with the news now that uh, he's injured and not throwing still to this day. Oh, that's so. Zach Granke. Oh, Granke. Okay, well, another guy I wouldn't have drafted. But uh, <laughs> Hanniger... Lance McCullers is gonna be a very that's this is what happens when you draft early, folks. That's all I'm gonna say. This is the the the, the tough parts here. Yuan Mankata could be a sneaky one if he like I, I still I'm a believer in him still to this day. We'll see. Uh Erod, love that pick. Big, big Erod fan. And then Alex Kirilov's another guy that I have a feeling I'm is gonna be moving up draft boards once reports of health come out. Cause looking at him as well, the dude was mashing baseballs, got the wrist injury, really wasn't the same afterwards. Eventually I'd have surgery. That's why he missed the season. I got, I got, I, I think he's big things from Kirilov. I'm a big, big fan of him. And then CJ Crone and um, 
Zach Gallon round out the top the top ten. So fun round. Any any final uh, players here in round ten that stood out to you? You know, I liked Kirilov. I was hoping for him later on. The only concern I have is is it seems like a persistent wrist issue. I know it was something that sidelined him last year as well, I believe. So just something to be cognizant of, but I think he's a really good hitter, and I think he can contribute a lot in the middle of that lineup playing every day. Zach Gallen is another one. We know how his season started. There's obviously some injury concerns, so it's a little funny to see Dave McDonald take him there. Um, I think Dave <laughs> might be watching, so hi, Dave. And um, But I also think, like, last year we're talking about a guy who was going in the in the third round. You know, and I haven't di- I haven't done a deep dive on Zach Gallon, but it seems like the D back season just generally was kind of downhill from the get go. Yeah, and I think that's a difficult environment to pitch in. So hopefully, you know, maybe they won't be better next year, but hopefully he'll ha- he'll have some health, and I think that could be a big, uh, a nice little pick there in the in the tenth round. Yeah, it, it's fun because like CJ Crone's a guy now he's going to be in Coors for sure is interesting. Erod had the big year. Like I said, Yohan Moncada, I think, is going to get a lot of buzz this offseason so we could see him jump up. It's going to be really interesting to see because we keep talking about these guys that could potentially jump up, so someone's got to fall, and that'll be the fun part of kind of dissecting the um, the, the, the the fun names and the kind of guys that shouldn't be there type things as we keep going through the offseason and breaking it down. So next week we will finish up. We'll go through the final 13 rounds a lot quicker because they're not as – well, they're important, but not as important. So we can kind of fly through those as well. But uh, we did have a listener question from our buddy Dave Petroziello. He asked, Tommy Edmond is interesting. I wasn't a big fan last year, but position and speed need got me to draft him on one team. Same here, Dave. I had him a lot of places. Um, with 30 steals and not terrible in the other categories, he is worth the draft price. In this draft, he looks like he went 99. Someone I think maybe Simeone wrote that he looks to have potential for more power. If it wasn't Simeone, it was Micah, he later found out. If he does have 15 to 20 home run potential, I'll have to look deeper myself. How high can you justify him going? So let's say he's 15, say he's 15-25, Toby. We know for a decent average, leading off for the Cardinals, where would you have Tommy Edmond going? Further up. You know, I this is one of those things where I haven't, I didn't have Edmond on a ton of teams. I haven't really had a chance to dive in. He's, you know, projected, his steamer projection is 266 with 14 home runs and 25 stolen bases, which puts him, let's see, this is always fun. We get to like see where guys are right now before we have a chance to really dive in. Haven't seen him yet. I'm just trying to see where Tommy Edmond is on here, right here. Uh, Number 94, right after Dalton Varsho. Well, not on the draft board, but like in my spreadsheet in terms of valuations, $16 player ranked number 94. So he's going about right. I would say in terms of having more, you know, uh, home run power, I would agree in the sense that, you know, over his career, his home run per fly ball rate has been 8.8% and it's 6.3% uh, this year. You know, he had 24 barrels this year. When you assume that, you know, about like 55, 60% of barrels should be home runs, you know, he's a little short. So I do think that that steamer projection, that 266, 14 home runs, 25 stolen bases seems about right to me. Actually, that seems like a really um, sound projection. So, and with that being the case, I think where he was, you know, where he's drafted and where he's going is, is totally fine. I think it's a, it's a team build question in terms of how much you need stolen bases at that point in draft. And it's nice to have that pocket of stolen bases, like out, outside of the, the front end of the draft. And then also let's see, let's see, he played, 
So he has outfield and second base still. Um, so he's still got that dual position eligibility. He did lose shortstop. But yeah, I mean, I think overall, that's really solid profile. I, I can see him going, you know, anywhere from like 80 to 100 is a totally reasonable place to snag him, depending on what what your team team needs. And, you know, he could always get, he could always get a little bit lucky. He did have 11 home runs and 349 plate appearances in 2019. So if you could get close to replicating that, obviously I think, you know, it was regression was, was coming for him, but let's say he replicates that and he puts up like 18 home runs instead or something of that nature, you know, then that's a pretty uh, incredible line. Um, you know, 18, 25 and yeah. So anyways, that's a long way of saying, yeah, I think it's a really solid pick. I think everything about it seems really solid. Yeah, I took him in a lot of places last year too, Dave, for similar reasons as he mentioned, because he had the flexibility last year, which is huge. And he um, steals. That was, that was one thing I knew I could get from him was steals. I felt good in homers. As we looked back on last year, I did not do good in homers. Anyway, like he was one of my better home run hitters, which tells you how bad things were. But um, yeah, I think when people realize how quick steals go in this draft, they're going to move him up the draft board. So I could see him, like you said, getting into the 65, 70-ish range pretty easily. So I, I think if you want him, you're going to have to go get him type thing and see where that one plays out. But, but all right, Toby, we'll wrap it up with that one. The internet. Is I think we have Ryan up. Roof's question. Don't we? Do we want to, I, I was trying to save that till we're done with the entire draft because. Oh, is it like I, a look back on it? It's, okay. It's I a feel... big surprises of the draft. So, mm, okay. I want to, I want to do that one next week. So Ryan, oh, I man, he I, even we're tweeted saving us. It. He was like, we're saving it. Like, he's, we're whole, oh, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for yeah. it. I'm trying to do it justice because I don't want to jump ahead. Sure. We still have the rest of the draft. To talk I think about, that's a good we'll call. Him, I think that's a good we'll call. We're sorry, Ryan. Yeah. It's called so. a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, Bubba? It's called it a cliffhanger. You have to keep listening. Just, you have to keep listening. Exactly. We're stringing you along. Like yeah. maybe so, five or six podcasts from now, we'll a- actually answer the question. But you'll have to listen to the whole podcast just to find out whether we Episode 200, we will get to it. I promise. For sure. Yes. <laughs> you can be, you'll be our special guest on it as well, Ryan. Exactly. We'll bring you on and we'll answer it to your face. And hopefully yeah. the internet's better, but um, we'll we'll wrap it up there. We'll finish next week. So we have a three part episode. I feel like it's like a housewives reunion or something. We have three episodes that we're doing for this whole draft. It was a great time, but it's a good exercise and kind of getting the brain rolling for 2022. Uh, we'll start talking steamer projections and start doing things here pretty soon. But lots of fun stuff, Toby. Final thoughts as we wrap up episode 100. Um. Well, first of all, thank you to uh, to Vlad um, for being on the show, both Vlad Jr. for his season and uh, Vlad Sedler. Um, it was awesome to have him here for the 100th episode. And just a thank you to you as well, Bubba. It's been a great 100 episodes. Um, always look forward to it on, on, on Tuesday nights and very enjoyable. Thank you for holding the fort down all the time. And um, yeah, it's been a fantastic 100 years. And thanks to the listeners who have stuck with us throughout and even new listeners, I got this really, well, actually, I can't actually say, I'll, I'll say it later. I can't say it on, on the, on the podcast. I'd be making a huge mistake, but um, you know, just people reaching out and saying nice things is always, always really nice. So. That's great. That is great. Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, I love, I love doing the podcast with you. It's great. Like hanging out with you in Florida or in Arizona and hopefully the barfcraft again someday. Like that'll be fun. It's, it's fun. to just be like, yeah, Toby, let's go. Let's go hang out. Like it's because we talk to each other once a week. It's a, it's different than the normal. So I always enjoy doing it. Like I said, when we first started, I like it like really because you're a very statistical analytical brain. I'm more of a caveman brain and we work really well together. I think kind of filling the void 
between both sides of it type deal. So I think it's a good mix. I think people like it and appreciate everybody that does listen and puts up with uh, my, my, my goofiness as uh, and, and, and all the fun stuff there. So to a hundred more Toby and more importantly to next week's episode. For, for sure. And track. just to your caveman brain can't comment just to let you guys all know that the caveman brain guy beat the analytics guy in the one league we played together last year. So just in case anybody's curious about how that that works out and whether that's just yes, humility. And I'll also point out, Bubba, I can't believe this hasn't come up yet, but in the Barf Football League, <laughs> you rode. I was up like was- 30 points, 35 <laughs> points, maybe even more. And Bubba had uh, Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara. Is it Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Alvin yep. Kamara going in the Monday night game. And it's a PPR league. And so he beat me by four points in like the battle for last place in that league. I actually feel bad. I feel so out of it in season long football Uh, this year. I haven't been able to get into it. It's been rough, but that does not take away from the fact that you, you beat me. I appreciate you, but I'm with you. Like most of my season long football teams are not doing good right now. And so it's, it's been a rough go. So that one, I literally logged in last time. I'm like, Hey, Kamara's doing good. I think I got him in a league. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) look at this. So, yeah. yeah, miracles happen. I wasn't going to rub it in because we're both like not going to make the playoffs. So I wasn't worried about it. But uh, it was just like I, I kind of felt bad. Like out of all people, I had to be Toby. It couldn't have been like, you know, Maddie Wood or, you know, Howard Bender or somebody. It had to be Toby. Like, come on. But, yeah, it's fun. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep plugging along. We'll keep getting her done. But everybody check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm on Twitter at BDNTrick. Episode 100 in the books. Catch you guys next week. Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.